Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. <clears throat> My name is Patrick Hayes, and with me, as always, is Caleb Jenks, and he is coming to us live from Austin, Texas today. <clears throat> he is not in Rosebud, Texas, just a little bit outside of Waco, and that is because <clears throat> they don't have water or electricity or state senator, or sorry, uh, their senators. <clears throat> uh, instead, they have ice and snow, and their wind-driven electric turbines and windmills have all frozen solid and are not producing any electricity. And because of that, <clears throat> the entire state is freezing to death. So Caleb decided to abandon Waco, Texas and move down to Austin, Texas for the week. And Austin, because of its liberalism, is able to keep the area warm with nothing but hopes and dreams. So <clears throat> they have heat and water <clears throat> and it is just a beautiful paradise. So, so Caleb is in Austin. So if you notice his accent is a little bit different. Uh, that is why. So tonight, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the will of God. So, Caleb, I feel like you brought this topic up. I'm going to say that this one was yours. You want to jump in and tell us what you're thinking about and uh, what you wanted to uh, what you wanted to do with this, what direction you wanted to go? Yeah, so... Um... Speaking of the will of God, I guess it was God's will for us to be down here in Austin this week. Um, it was kind of, we didn't realize how bad the storm was going to be, but we ended up without water in our town. And um, it was down in the single digits, which is rare for Texas. It's warmed back up and we are going to survive, it looks like. But um, interestingly enough, we ended up down here in Austin. We rented an Airbnb and we've been warm and dry and had hot showers and um, we've been well taken care of. So the idea for this podcast came from, um, I think, I think it was a few months ago that I, that I kind of had this uh, topic in my, in mind for a message at church. And, and the, the reason that I was thinking about it is, is I was noticing people that are very focused on trying to wait around to make a decision. Uh, maybe they're unemployed They're They want to have the perfect job. They wait around to get the, the job that they want uh, to find out which job um, God wants them to have. And there was a, uh, a couple in particular that had been, I think he had been out of work for about uh, five or six months and they were behind on their mortgage. And, um, and he was telling me that, uh, well, I, I suggested a few different jobs, places that were hiring and he said no, that they they prayed about it. And they just didn't feel like it was God's will for them to do that. And then, um, yeah, just there was a there was a few different other work options that he had, and and he continued to to skip those, thinking maybe it wasn't God's will. And I'm not sure if if he happens to be listening to this podcast tonight, but I'm not going to name you if you are. <laughs> um, but uh, it was interesting to me because I was thinking, I wonder at what point do you decide that it's not God's will for you to have a job when you're not pay, able to pay your mortgage and um, pay your bills and your car is getting repossessed or these types of issues. It's like at some point, any job seems like it's God's will at that point. <clears throat> it's not like, 
it's not like you should sit around and wait for the right job. The Bible is pretty clear about the fact that a job would be a necessity to provide for your family. Whoa, and so it got me thinking whoa, about this. Whoa, that's kind of strong language to just be throwing around. Do you have something to back that up, Mr. Tough Guy? Beating up on this poor guy that just doesn't want to work. I mean, well, is this who he we've wanted, become? He wanted to work, Bible but he thumper? only wanted to work. <laughs> he only wanted to work if and when it was God's will. It just didn't happen to be God's will. Fortunately, he is working now. And uh, uh, so, anyways, Caleb, yeah, you know the, what I the, figured out? It's not God's will for me to mow my lawn because I don't like it very much. And it's worked out well when I learned that God's will was not for me to mow my lawn. So how did, how did that work? How did, how did it work out so well? Well, it's not working out for my neighbors or my wife. They don't like God's will in this case, but I love it because it's freed up some time on my weekends. And that's I really, see. yeah, that's really what's important to me. So anyway, that was what prompted the topic. And I got mm -hmm. to thinking about it is, is God concerned with uh, what, what we do for work, where we work, mm -hmm. where we live, those types of things. And I, th I think he certainly is. Um, but there's some things that we certainly have to take responsibility for. And so I thought it would be an interesting topic to get on. Um, okay. So, so let me ask you this, because <clears throat> there's a lot of terms that I'm going to throw out there. And, and I want you to tell me if you disagree with any of these or have a problem with any of these. So uh, we just stumbled onto what we call the revealed will of God. And the revealed Where it's will. Written, yeah. Written so, in the word of God. You got so, it. So you already know. So that's the idea is that if it's written down in the Bible, then we know it is the will of God. And if, if you have a family, it is God's will for you to go to work and provide for your family. And correct. we know that because we didn't, God didn't speak it to us in a dream last night, but because it's yep. written in, in, in the word of God. Yep. So it's nobody the, else is supposed to do that for you. You got it. God's will in that case is the same for you as it is for me, as it is for every, uh, father and husband on earth throughout time and space in every country and every language. And it's because it's written down in the Bible. So we know <clears throat> what God's will is at least to some degree. Now, this is the crazy thing. Knowing that's where we find God's will, you'd think we'd all be reading our Bible to try to figure out what God wants us to do. Doesn't that seem like right. The logical next step is, oh, look at that. There's a whole book full of God's will. Maybe I should read it. I can figure out what God wants me to do in all these different situations. <clears throat> you have any issue so, with that revealed will of God? Oh, no. That's exactly what I'm talking about here is there's certainly times where we, we either do already know, or we should know what God's will is. We just mm -hmm. don't want to do God's will. So we're going to sit around and we're going to pray and wait for God to tell us something else other than what we already know <clears throat> to be truth. And then when things go wrong, we still tend to blame God because, well, I was praying for a job and God never seemed to open the doors that I felt like we were supposed to walk through. And so now we lost our car, but we're still going to keep believing in God. <laughs> and you keep going down this road and pretty soon you're a victim of God's will in your life. And you were outside of God's will the whole time because you were uh, rejecting the truth that was in front of you. 
So just to give everyone a Bible verse, <clears throat> it says, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Okay, and there, there, I can dig up some more verses about how a that how are a, a lot more harsh. <laughs> yeah, how a how a husband Worse. is supposed to, you know, work and provide for for his family. Okay, so Caleb, how does someone get off on a kick like that? How, how I don't know. It... I mean, either you didn't read your Bible or you've been given some bad spiritual advice. I would mm -hmm. say one or the other. Um, I mean, I. There's certainly times where I could see, like, say you're, say you feel like you want to go on a mission, a mission trip, and you're trying to decide between um, Africa and Mexico, mm -hmm. and you're praying about God's will, and there's no clear biblical directive. That's an understandable quandary to be in. You're trying to decide what what does God want you to do, mm -hmm. and that's understandable to take your time on a decision like that. Um, okay. If it's trying to decide if God wants you to. Um, go go and, and take the barbecue grill out of your neighbor's yard that isn't yours and you're praying about that or if the other option is to go to the store and buy your own mm -hmm. that's not something you should be praying about god's will and, and that's a, quite an obvious thing because i mean as a christian you know stealing isn't okay but um there's i uh, the thing that i find to be very interesting is is christians that are either just really laborious over decisions that are clearly unscriptural decisions that they're praying about or they are they're complicating simple decisions where it's like it's really ne neither here nor there. Why not go out and serve God? If you want to put out this effort and time in prayer, go 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 spend time doing things in, about the kingdom, and don't worry about which car you buy. Just buy a car so you can get to work in the kingdom. You know, Maserati, Lamborghini. <laughs> you heard it. Just buy a car so you can get about the things of God. Caleb, I so much appreciate you clearing these things up for me because my truck is going out. Right. And I was thinking about borrowing, you know, low six figures to buy a car. And now I have confirmation. Yeah. Well, just donate the old, just donate the old car to Bible Thumper. <laughs> I don't, care, I don't care how much money you have to borrow for the new one. The old one's paid off. I'm pretty sure of that. So. Yeah, my old truck, we could probably trade it in for a couple of sandwiches. <laughs> okay, so now let's let's get into one. I'm going to give you a revealed will of God verse, and then I want to transfer this over into a different idea, okay? Okay. So I'm going to go to Matthew 28, and we're going to go to the last two verses. <clears throat> And it says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So there, God tells us that we are supposed to give the gospel, get people baptized and teach them the Bible, right? So that is the Correct. revealed will of God. Okay, so I am a young man. And this is obviously hypothetical. I'm a young man. I've been saved for whatever, five years, maybe 10 years. And God is just starting to get a hold of my heart. Okay. And uh, I feel like I want to <clears throat> serve God in some capacity and I want to make a real big difference. Okay. I, I want to, I want to do something for God, but I don't know what God wants me to do. 
So I have the revealed will, and I know that God wants me to share the gospel, get people baptized, and then teach them the Bible. I understand that. But then I have all these different options. What do I do? What's your advice? What's your recommendation to this young man? Other than to buy well, a Maserati. So the- so, right. he, so he so can he do can it. go to work. So he can do it quickly. <laughs> so we can get the gospel out fast. <laughs> so um, what I would say on any of these things like this that it's spoken of in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the directive that's given. So here you're talking about the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. It's clear that you're supposed to go and you're supposed to preach the gospel. Yep. So spending too much time worrying about where to go. Mm-hmm. And not going in the meantime to me would be mm-hmm. more the, would be more problematic than just going somewhere, even if it's the wrong place. My my uh, grandfather used to say, "All right, well, I guess I'm going to go do something, even if it's wrong." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, so um, I think there's kind of a point of uh, being about the being about the kingdom of God. Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. not really sure if I have the greatest opportunity in ministry, sometimes the ministry opportunity that presents itself, I don't know if it's going to be successful. If the hearts that I'm reaching are going to be open to the gospel, but that shouldn't deter me from saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. Maybe somebody else is going to be more successful in another field, but I'm still going to go sow seeds in the, you know, in the dirt that I see around me. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's, I think there's a point to just doing God's will rather than worrying about the perfect will of God always being, you know, it, that if we're outside of the perfect will of God, then we just don't want to do the will of God. And that's what I see oftentimes happen. Okay. You brought up another good term, which I want to circle back to in a little bit, uh, which is perfect will of God. And there's nothing wrong with desiring to be in the perfect will of God, but Caleb made a great point. And I've heard, you know, people say this in, in, in lots of different arenas, not just in Christianity. And that is, you know, grow where you're planted. you know, you ever hear the term, well, we go to war with the army we have. Okay. Cause that's all you can do at the end of the day. You know, I I don't have anything other than Patrick Hayes, you know, to go out and give the gospel with. So I just hope to be able to share it with people of poor vision. Uh, and, and, and maybe, you know, it'll go over well. Uh, but this is it. So, the idea of grow where you're planted is wherever you are, be about the things of God. Now, someone wants to be a pastor. Someone wants to go off to a foreign mission field. Someone has an idea of what they want to do. Okay, well, great. We can pray and seek God's will and see if God speaks to us and gives us clarity. But as Caleb is saying, until that happens, just get going. So, do it wrong. Give the gospel to the wrong people until God (laughs) explains more clearly the right people to give the gospel to. At the end of the day, you know, souls saved and going to heaven is what we're looking for with those couple verses. And maybe God will reveal to you exactly what he wants. I'll be honest with you, Caleb. I'm 41 years old and I still am not sure what God's will is for my life. But my wife and I were talking about it just this weekend. We were sitting out on the deck and we were watching a storm come rolling in over the mountains. And I told my wife, I said, you know what, sweetie, 
Uh, I think a big part of what I'm supposed to be doing is raising six kids for the glory of God. And other than that, you know, we have our little home church. We, we do these Bible studies. We get on and do a podcast. I try to find lost folks in my life that I can give the gospel to. I still don't feel like I, God has this niche for me or this one special thing and God made me just for this. And, and that's what I'm supposed I, I can't tell you if I've felt that since I've been saved. I really don't. I, I, I can't think of a time that I have. So what I've been doing is just getting busy and fumbling through Christianity and getting people saved along the way. And that's the best I can do. And I still hope that God shows me something specific that I'm supposed to be doing. But until then, I'm satisfied, you know, doing uh, God, what I'm going to call God's permissive will. Where do you land on that? Yeah, so, so I, I guess that would come back to the why, and I think that there is uh, a point of of realizing, you know, God has put us where He's put us. We're going to grow where we're planted, mm -hmm. and um, sometimes we may not necessarily know why where wh why we're where we are, um, and we may not necessarily know why God has us doing the particular things that we're doing. Sometimes I look around and I'm like, man. I, now I've got, you know, um, my wife and my three daughters and a, a son on the way, and I haven't done anything real significant. I'm just your average Joe, you know, <laughs> and, you know, maybe if I was, uh, if I would have stayed single longer, maybe I would have become, you know, I don't know what in the kingdom, maybe I'd have been more effective, but who knows, maybe I wouldn't have, God knows why I'm, I'm here. The thing, the fact is, is the why that we see on our side is not is not the same as what God sees on his side. We don't we don't necessarily know where we're going, why we're here, but God does. And so the the things that we and I think God is more concerned with the why than the what. And oftentimes um I think that when decisions come along, it's easy for me to know why I'm contemplating the decision that I'm contemplating. And it's either about me, it's about worldly lusts, fleshly desires. Uh, it's about me and myself, I, or it is about how I can serve others or, or make it, you know, sometimes it is how to make myself more stable financially or my family to be, you know, well taken care of such that we can help others so that we can give from our abundance. But I have to keep that why in mind. And sometimes it's, it's foolish for me to even bring something to God. It's like, you know what? I already know why I want this. It's not because I'm trying to do God's will. It's just because this is me. This is what I want for myself. And um, so I have a verse here in in First Peter, uh, chapter two, and I'm going to read eleven uh, through seventeen. I guess it says, "Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God." in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king.
So here we have something that I think tells us about the will of God. And this is, this is a, uh, a revealed uh, from the word of God. This is something you have to pray and lay awake at, at night and hope that God reveals to you in thunder and lightning. This is something that we have, um, that we have written down here that, that lets us know that it is the will of God that with well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And sometimes I, I see that um, some of the foolish men that we're talking about are in the, in the kingdom. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ that are talking folly, you know, seeking God's will in their life um, and, and sitting around outside of God's will. And it's pretty obvious for all of us to see that they're outside of God's will. If you open your Bible, you can read it. You can see that what they're doing is clearly unscriptural. And yet they are... Um, laborious over the, you know, over prayer, trying to get God to reveal his will to them. And so I've, I've found that sometimes that by me um, not saying anything to somebody like this um, and just continuing to go about my life and, and doing well, obviously our works don't get us to heaven or get anybody else to heaven. But this is one time where our works in, in being faithful to God and walking in obedience to his word, that that is his will for us to walk in obedience. And through that, he can put he can silence the foolishness, foolishness of those around us. And so I, um, that's, this is a verse that I've gone back to oftentimes when I get to the point where I'm trying to decide what is God's will in my life. I realize that sometimes we overcomplicate it and pretty soon we become the fool because we're so, um, what, how should I say this? We're so bent on trying to find God's will that, um, that we're outside of God's will. So I, I don't know what the balance is. And, and there's some things that, that I, I've prayed about. And I, I really thought that God was going to show me his will. And I never really felt like that he did. And there's other times where I really felt like God has made it clear to me. But I would say more often than not, it seems like that when we get into these positions where we don't really know which direction to go with something, um, specifically to me, I think occupation is a big deal for me. I've, I've prayed about it. And of course, this is the hypothetical that I brought up this friend of mine that wasn't doing anything in the meantime. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being 30, 40 years old and still not sure what you want to do with the rest of your life. I know mm -hmm. people that are 50, 60 years old and still not sure what they want to do. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. In the meantime, I have clear direction that I need to do something, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. not, there's not an option for me to do nothing to provide for my family. So where, where do you think, have, have you, I guess, what is the, big, the biggest thing that you've kind of come to a standstill praying over trying <clears> to seek God's will and you couldn't really find the, the answer? Well, <clears throat> to be honest, Caleb, there've been a lot of big decisions in my life that I wasn't sure, uh, you know, what God's will was. I have a couple where it was clear, it was obvious, and that was it, but you know, for me, I think most of us, when we were single, we were praying for a spouse. And I don't know about you, but I've seen a bunch of guys make a real dumb, dumb move when they asked a girl to marry them because they just picked a girl that was just a, a hot mess. And it really right. <clears throat> affected their lives and kind of ruined portions of their lives. And I didn't want that. So I was praying to God for his will, you know, and I really do believe that I found that. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm 41 and on Tuesday, I'm going back to school. I'm starting, you know, classes Tuesday evening. I'm going to night school and I'm going to get my EMT basic 
and I'm going to try to get hired on at a fire department. And I'm hoping I can get my paramedic and I can pursue that as a career. <clears throat> and I went to school for criminal justice. That's what I went to college for. I moved to Colorado for a job working for the Department of Corrections. And it really didn't work out, you know, the way that I thought it was going to. The job was not what I wanted. And I fell back into construction because I knew how to do it and people were hiring and I needed money. I needed a job. And I kind of ended up doing that this whole time, you know, with my wife. I started my own uh, business and, and here I am. And I've done that for, boy, you know, close to not my own business, but um, in construction for, you know, 22 years of my life. And now I'm making a switch and I am doubting, oh, is this God's will? And Caleb, there are certain things in the world where I think God says, you know what? What you're doing, it is not immoral. It is not unethical. It is not illegal. It's honest and it's noble. And you can pick one of these 10 careers and it's fine. And your and and God's will will still be carried out in your life. It's not a big deal. God didn't have this perfect will for Patrick Hayes as far as a job. Some people don't believe that. <clears throat> now, I've talked to my wife about this as far as who you marry, and boy, that did not go over well. The idea that we are not, you know, these perfect soulmates that were meant for each other from you know, the beginning of time. And I said, sweetie, maybe that is the case. But for me, I think this whole soulmate nonsense is just, you know, stupid American white people garbage that gets in the way of being able to move on with your life. You need to find a wife who is kind and sweet, who loves kids, who is honest, who loves God, you know, and is, uh, it, it, someone that would make a phenomenal grandmother, you know, that's what you're looking for. And if you can find that and she can put up with you, I tell guys, hurry up and marry her, uh, before she comes to her senses, you know? Uh, and, and would that be okay if I married someone other than my wife? I don't know, but I, I think my wife could have married several other guys that would have fit the criteria that God would have been happy with because he explains what a husband is supposed to be in the Bible. And my wife would be fine right now. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. There are lots of people that think that er far too many decisions in our life need to be exact. The perfect will of God and anything outside of that is just going to, you know, is going to lead to catastrophe. And I just don't see that. Uh, there are plenty of things so where I think I we should oh, jump in, jump in, please do. There's a yeah. scripture in here that I think, so this is, um, it, it sounds like, it sounds like a really good opinion, but the Bible actually backs this up. If you go to Ecclesiastes. Oh, even better. Nine, <laughs> um, let's go to verse seven. It says, go thy way, eat thy bread with joy and drink thy wine with a merry heart for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life of thy vanity. Uh, all the days of thy of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity. For that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor, which thou takest under the sun whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Do it with 
thy might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. So I think this is, hey, love, uh, you know, love the, the wife that your soul longs for. Uh, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. There's a lot of freedom given in this here, mm-hmm. you know, it, but it, it, it does indicate that we are supposed to, um, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. And I think that God rewards that, that faithfulness. Um, and it, this is obviously in the, in the context of, of how vain life is, you know, uh-huh. it's a chasing after the wind, but it, it seems like it, scripture definitely backs, backs us up as far as what job do you do? You said, you know, God, uh oh. Caleb just got unplugged. He froze. And uh, so we don't know what he was about to say. So let's just assume that he was going to pay me some wonderful compliments about my charm and wit and how well I know the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> but getting back to the will of God, really, what we're talking about is this idea of instead of God's will being a point. And that's it. And that's the only thing that's okay. And everything else is is outside of the will of God and it's wrong. Instead of that, God's will is a direction. And it's just like, if you think about it, it's like a, a bowling lane. Okay, so God's will is like a bowling lane. And you got those inflatable tubes in the gutters for the kids. And so long as you're going down this direction at the pins and you stay within your lane, God says, hey, you're doing great. And there are times when you're going to run into a decision and God says, nope, I want you to do exactly this. This one's a yes, this one's a no. But outside of that, there's a lot of times when we're looking at God's permissive will uh, instead of trying to figure out God's perfect will in every situation. Caleb, you're back in with us. Please finish your point. I'm not sure where I was at when, when I got cut off, but just you were saying, you know, that you could have 10 different job opportunities. And so long as all of them are ethical, legal, uh, moral, that, you know, God probably doesn't so much care which one you choose so much Mm -hmm. that you choose, you know, you have the freedom to choose one. And I think that that is scripturally backed up. And I, am not saying that I don't think that God is, um, I think God is concerned with the things that we do, just not so much as why we do them and, and that we actually do them. And I think the things that we do, our career choices, the place that we live, the, the, the people that we associate with, those things do affect the rest of our lives. And we mm-hmm. could be outside of God's perfect will. And so it is worth considering what is God's perfect will. And there's been times in my life where I can look back now and I can see that God closed certain doors in my life that have put me where I'm at now. And I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And I, I'm not sure where I would be. I have no idea really where I would be, but it doesn't, when I look back at some of the other options that I had and where we could have lived or what we could have done, I don't see, um, I don't see it going well for us spiritually mm-hmm. as a family. And so I, I look back and I see God closing doors. And at the time, some of the, those doors that he closed were, were, were hard to face. It was hard things to swallow at the time, uh, financial difficulty and things that happened, um, when we moved to Texas, we had, um, I had planned to restart and I had an airplane painting business in Colorado and I planned to restart that here. Um, we had all of the tools in my toolbox, sandblaster, welder, um, everything got stolen along with a pickup, actually the Patrick and I had bought together up in Colorado and everything got stolen. And so here I am like, all right, I guess it must not be God's will for me to start another airplane painting business in Texas. So I'm doing something different. 
And, and now looking back at what I know about the industry, I can see that it wouldn't have probably, um, it probably wouldn't have been a great move for me to go ahead and try to start that again at, at our, the place that we were at currently there. I'm thankful health for health reasons that I'm not still painting airplanes and dealing with the chemicals. There's different things like that that I look back and I'm like, at the time, this was a hard pill to swallow, but now I'm thankful. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for taking that out of my life. So I'm not obsessed with that. And I'm able to focus on what I'm doing now. Go ahead. So um, you brought up a good point that I want to hit real quick. And that is for God to get his will accomplished in your life, the means by which he does that are not always pleasant at the time. Right. And I've experienced the same thing where I went through what I would call a difficult or unpleasant experience, but I found out looking back, it was because I had my sights set in this direction and God wanted me in this direction. And I was a little too stubborn and stiff necked to do it. So God had to close a door and it was a difficult pill to swallow for me. But Whenever that happens, I always find that where I end up is much better off. And I've had that happen with businesses, with relationships, with all kinds of things where it didn't make sense at the time. But then just a little bit later on, I can look back and I can see the fingerprints of God on it. And God was saving me from myself. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but that's what you made me think of. Yeah, no, I, I look, I look back at, at things that God has changed my plans by force where yep. it just, he slammed the door shut in my face and I'm like, all right, I guess that's not happening. Not because I don't want to do it, but because, <laughs> because I physically can't anymore because that just, that option is off of the table and I look at it now. And, and so some of the, I, I feel like I had, so there's a couple things. The Bible says that God gives us the desires of our hearts. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure sometimes if that means that, that he brings to pass the desires that we have in our hearts or that he's the one that gives us the desire in the first place. Did you, did you lose me? Am I still here? No, no, okay. no. You're I'm with you. I think it's the second that God will remove my stupid desires and he will give me desires that are good for me. Well, he does do that sometimes. Sometimes we have desires, and I'll go down that path too, where I had some desires in my heart that I now know, and I, I then should have known and did know that it wasn't God's will because it was unscriptural mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. But there was times where I I felt like I, I had a glimpse of what God wanted me to do. I had a desire for what I wanted to do. I've wanted to be in full-time ministry, and I felt like that was God's plan for us for a long time. And but I never wanted to be supported in ministry financially by somebody else. So I always wanted to, I had plans from how to get from A to Z, A to B, whatever, how I was going to get there. And there were steps along the way where I had to make cer certain investments and do certain things to where we would be able to afford to be self-sustaining and be able to be in full time ministry. And those things over and over again, my plans got derailed. Like I said, I had plans for um, the airplane painting business that got derailed. Um, I had plans with beekeeping. I had plans with my music business. I had different things that I thought, you know, this is going to be a portion of the income that comes in and I'll hire somebody else to manage that. And, you know, I'll have this real estate thing going. And over and over again, God just kept showing me that these things weren't working out. And now he's put us in ministry pretty much full time. And um, and it didn't happen the way that I thought it would. It, it hasn't happened. Um, it, 
off of my plan. It happened off of his plan. And so I see that the desire that I had there from the beginning was God's will, but he had a different way of, of getting us to where we are. And, um, and some of those investments have paid off and helped, but then also, you know, there's, there's people that have kindly done things that have, have blessed us and, and, you know, given to us in ways that have made it possible for us to be able to give. And, and God's given us, um, you know, ways to serve in, in nearly full-time ministry and still be able to live in the house. We live, you know, we didn't have to go to Africa. We didn't have to go somewhere as missionaries. And, and so it's just interesting to see, and I wouldn't be where I was, where I am. I would have never tried to work up to where I'm at. And yet now I'm so thankful that I'm where I'm at. And I see God opening those doors. And on the other hand, um, there's times where I had about, well, we were living in Austin about four years ago, four or five years ago, we were down here and we had plans and, and those plans didn't end up happening the way that we wanted them to. But some of those plans, um, I was questioning if it was ethical, moral for us to do what we were contemplating. And there were, we had talked about it as a couple Well, maybe, you know, maybe there's, there's old Testament examples of this being okay and that being okay, but maybe not a new Testament, but we were contemplating. And ultimately it wasn't like God showed me one thing or the other. It was just pretty clear from God's word. That this isn't what we were supposed to do. And he, he slammed that door shut through his word. And I see that has radically changed our life to, to make my wife and I and our marriage and our, uh, our family a lot more solid than it would have been had we, ventured outside of God's will. And so those are, those are things where I look back at God's, God's will in my life. And I can't say that I know that I'm in the perfect will of God with everything that I do, but I do know that God's redirected my plans away from where I am. Uh, Psalm 37, 23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And I think this is a good example of how God does direct and order our steps when we choose to lean upon his goodness and, and his Holy spirit guiding us. And we say, God, you know, I'm going to give this up to you. I'm going to put this plan, this desire that I have, whatever it is, I'm going to put this in your hands and I'm going to let you direct my path. And sometimes when we just come to him and surrender like that, we don't like what we see happening right then, but maybe years down the road, we start to see, Oh, this is what God was up to. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I do trust that. And I, and I pray that, you know, God, um, help me to be a good man. Help me to be somebody that you can direct and, and and order my steps, not because of my goodness, but because of your goodness in me, such that I don't find myself outside of your will. Because I have, I found I found myself outside of God's will, where I made mistakes and I made bad choices, and then I'm like, I spend years trying to pay for those mistakes. And of course, I don't want to end up back in that place. Um, so, anyways. Hey, I got a couple of verses that have to do with the will of God. I wanted to, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, type in the uh, references and uh, in the comments here. The first one is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this one says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So one of the things that we know is God's will is not being conformed to this world. Now, Caleb, for me, when I can read in the Bible exactly what God's will is, where he even uses the very words that, you know, this is my will, right? you would think that we would want to hurry up and and reevaluate our lives and see where that doesn't fit in and change it so that we can be in the will of God 
because God gives an example in one of the parables of <clears throat> the stewards of the money that he gives out. And he says, he that is faithful in the little things is also going to be faithful in the great things. So we can actually run after the will of God where we see it clearly written out in the Bible, knowing and believing and trusting in the word of God that he is going to reveal more things to us because now he knows that he can trust us because he's seen us time and time and time again do his will. So when he speaks to us with that still small voice, right, that little whisper, where we where where we know it is God speaking to us saying yep go through that door <clears throat> we can go through that door boldly because we've already we've read the bible we've assimilated it we've changed our lives uh to be more in line with God's will and less uh like ourselves and so many people like we started out talking about they're scratching their head and they just don't know what to do. And what was me? What am I supposed to do? And for me, I kind of feel like God is like rolling his eyes and slapping his forehead. And he's like, I wrote a book. Did you even start with the book? Do you remember the story Jesus told in Luke? Uh, I want to say it was like, 16, maybe it was chapter 19 about Lazarus and the rich man and the rich man ends up in hell. And the right. rich man begs Abraham and says, please send someone back from the dead. Cause I have five brothers and I want them to, you know, to be saved. So they don't have to come to this horrible place. And what was Abraham's response? His response was they have Moses and the prophets. And right. if they, and if they will not listen to them, they will not listen. Even if someone uh, rose from the dead, to tell him so. And that's the same thing that I see when people won't even put in the effort to read the Bible and do what it says. God's like, they're not even reading the book that I wrote. They're not going to listen to me if I answer them in a prayer or if I have a preacher say something to them on a Sunday morning, or, you know, if a plane flies overhead with sky riding in the sky. No, they're not going to listen to anything because they're not starting off with the very first thing that I did, which was write a book so that everyone could know what their will is. What are your thoughts? Right. Yeah. Well, I think you just, you just spelled up my, my frustration sometimes when, when I, when I hear people telling me about the predicaments that they're in praying for God's will. And I just sit there kind of rolling my eyes and shaking my head. <laughs> just like, why, you know, why are you even, don't you, don't you ever dust off the Bible and read it? Because it's easy for me in the 10 seconds that you just started telling me about this predicament. I can tell you, I could tell you that God's will, I could tell you what God's will is based off of what I understand from his word. Mm -hmm. um, and so and I mean, it's obviously, clearly the opposite of what you're proposing. Right, exactly. Okay, I I knew a preacher, and this this is this is from a book that I read. I didn't know this preacher personally. Okay, <clears throat> he this guy is is since dead and gone, but he was an old time preacher of a very large church in America, and he would start every counseling session. He would say, "Bring your Bibles." Whether it was marriage counseling, he wanted them to both bring a Bible. If it was just one person. Okay. And he would say, give me your Bible. And he'd take their Bible and he would flip through the pages and he'd give it back and he'd say, we're done. And they would look confused. And he said, your Bible has not been read. 
nothing is underlined, nothing is highlighted. You have no notes in the margins. You're not, you're not studying the word of God. He said, I doubt you're even reading it. He says, go back home, study the word of God. Come back to me when you can show me a Bible that's been used and we'll talk again. And he said, and, and they would just sit there staring at him. And he said, right now, God himself can't even get you to change your mind. He says, what do you think I'm going to be able to do? Right. And that was his method. He said, until you're willing to read the word of God and study it, he says, we're just wasting my time and I don't have time to waste. He would do that constantly. He would only counsel like one out of every hundred people that showed up in his office. Did he wear his Jerks for Jesus t-shirt while he was uh, okay, let me oh, give man. you another verse here. Okay, while we're doing some verses, this is First Thessalonians five eighteen, and these are again these are verses that are you literally using the words the will of God in them. Okay, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Again, you almost wish that <clears throat> until you met the Christian that was giving thanks and everything. I bet if you met the Christian that was giving thanks and everything, they would never come up to you and ask you what the, what the will of God is. Cause they're close to God. They're doing his will. They know what God's will is and, and they're performing it and their life's probably pretty good. Okay, go ahead. So, um, Psalm chapter 32, uh, verse eight says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, I will guide thee with mine eye. Uh, so this is a uh, an example here of, of God. Uh, I, I think it could be re the revelation of him speaking his will to us, but I really think this is a, an example of him instructing us and guiding, guiding us through his word. That's always, I think that's always the first place that we should be looking when we're looking for guidance from God, seeking God's will. Um, uh, Right before this, uh, uh, verse seven says, "Thou art my hiding place; thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Trouble, thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance." And then it goes on after verse eight. At verse eight again says, "I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way sh which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye." Then it says, "Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee." So this, uh, to me, this this is saying, "Don't be stupid. Don't be a fool. Don't be like the mule and the and the horse that has to have a bit in their mouth." Um, he he does instruct us and guide us in 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 the way that we should go, and I think most of that guidance and instruction comes through His Word. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, because Caleb, last week I brought up this one verse. It was in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12, and it says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And it seems to me that when people are coming to another man and asking about the will of God, what it seems like is they're really trying to circumvent the word of God and just find another human that'll pat them on the backside and say, oh, you know, you're doing fine. Whatever you want to do is okay. You know, follow your heart, which is right. the phrase that makes me want to throw up more than anything, you know, in modern day American Christianity. <clears throat> so it seems like most folks 
you know, who are seeking um, uh, God's will, they that are genuinely doing it, they know how to do it. They do it in prayer, and then they read the Word of God, and they do that, and they do it daily. And those folks usually are pretty okay with where they are because they feel comfortable that they have not gotten outside of the bounds that God has set up in the word of God. And my guess is that, you know, those folks who are constantly asking the opinion of man, uh, what they're probably doing, or at least a lot of folks, is they're just looking for someone, like I said, to give them affirmation and pat them on the behind and say, you know, you're doing fine. And and don't get me wrong. When I seek counsel from a person, I I always call the same two or three folks, and they're all guys that know the Bible well and are going to point out something in the Bible that I didn't understand or that I missed. And that's what I'm looking for. Honestly, if someone starts spouting off their opinion, I'm like, ah, click, you know, I mean, what's you that? Don't, you don't just, you don't just go around and listen to opinions and then call back the people that gave you the most favorable <laughs> the one I wanted. last time. <laughs> well, so, and that's, that is honestly a thing that we, I think that we all have to realize as Christians, we are going to run into times where, we probably know what God's will is. Yep. We probably have a good idea what God's will is, and we don't really like it. That's not really what we want to do. <laughs> if you look at Jonah, Jonah wasn't yep. real thrilled about going to Nineveh. He's like, nah, yep. I don't think so. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to run away from yep. this. This happens to us. Even Jesus prayed in the garden and oh, said, yeah. you know, if, God, if, if there be any, any way, way. Yep. yes, let, the, let's, let this come pass. Let's do it right now. Let's get that going. <laughs> he's like, but nevertheless, not yep. my will, but thine be done. My and so we have done, to, yeah. that's what we have to um, remember sometimes when we get to those places in our life is just, hey, this is a good time to surrender and say, you know what, God, I'm not sure that I like this, but if this is what it should be, then, you know, so be it. And this mm -hmm. too shall pass. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes the, what I find that's so interesting is time marches on and a few years down the road, you get through where, whatever it is. God always brings you through and you look back mm -hmm. and those trials don't seem sometimes you can't even remember really the details of those trials anymore because God, God is faithful every time he brings us through. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I don't know okay. if, if you have a lot more, but I am about out of battery here. So I'm going to have to well, wrap it up before too long. No, that's fine. Let me go over another idea while we're while we're doing it. And this is uh the direct will of God. Okay, so this is something that none of us have control over. And we do need to understand that there are several things that God set in motion long before we came on the scene and they are going to happen. Okay, we knew that a Messiah was going to be born. Uh, he was going to be born of a virgin. He was going to be born about roughly six miles south of Jerusalem in a little town called Bethlehem. Uh, we knew that he was going to lead a perfect, sinless life. He was going to die on a cross. We knew all these things. We know that he's coming back. We know uh, that he is going to set up a kingdom here on earth and rule and reign for a thousand years. And what we need to understand is that all of us are part of that plan. We just don't know how. We don't know where we fit in. Sometimes God, you know, puts us in our place. But the fact is, most of us have trouble figuring out a lot of prophecy. And that's been the case through the Bible because we have our, 
mind made up on how it's going to work out. And then when it comes to pass, we're like, oh, that's how God was going to do it. And prophecy is always easy to study uh, in hindsight, you know, after it's been done. But there is a will of God that neither you nor I have anything to say about. God's already decided it, and it is going to happen. It is going to come to pass. And those are a lot of things that, you know, we don't need to worry about. For us, I think most of us are concerned about individual decisions that we have in our life because either number one we love god and we know god's will is best and we want to do his will or number two uh we don't trust god we like doing our will better and we want to figure out a way to justify a stupid decision that is directly opposed to the word of god and that those are usually (laughs) and then then, blame it blame it on god when it goes wrong (laughs) And then when it goes wrong, because let's face it, sin has consequences, okay, and disobeying God comes with a curse, then we want to blame God because it didn't happen, and we just wanted to pray a little bit to make sure that we can call it the will of God, therefore uh, we have the right to blame him when things don't go perfectly. And it's, it's it's really a shame. But those seem to be the two groups of people that you end up having, and I, I would hope that all everyone listening, you know, to this would say, I want to be the one that wants to do God's will for a change instead of my own. Cause my will is a joke. You know, um, my will is 2020. Uh, my will is a dumpster fire and, uh, I'm just tired of it. And I want to, I want to start doing God's will. So before I ask Caleb for his closing comments, I just want to remind everyone to please look us up on Spotify, Google Play, or iHeartRadio, download some episodes, and uh, please listen to them and share them and comment and like them. And if you are listening to us on a podcast, follow us on Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. And you can find us on Facebook. We do these videos live. And that's uh, at Bible Thumper 1611 or hashtag Bible Thumper 1611. Caleb, your final thoughts before we let you go. Well, just uh, I guess as you're seeking God's will, put your hand to what what, what you have in front of you. And, and my, uh, my experience has been don't cut corners. If you're, if you're working in the kingdom of God, if you want God's will in your life, uh, be faithful with what he has given you. And then you can be entrusted with more. That's a biblical, um, promise. And it's, it's, I've seen it play out over and over again in my life when I wasn't faithful with the things that he gave me. It's kind of no wonder that he didn't trust me with more. So, um, don't cut corners. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart. If you don't know exactly what God's will is right now, I think we can relax a little bit and realize that maybe if God hasn't spoken to us with thunder and lightning, and it's it's um, not necessarily clear one way or the other in His Word, you can you can relax and and find some pleasure and joy in realizing that God has given us the freedom to make make decisions take responsibility for those decisions. Don't blame God for it. It, It's okay sometimes to just make a decision and choose what you're going to do. If God, uh, you don't have to sit around and wait for God to tell you every single little thing you do. There are things that are clear in in his word. As long as you're within those confines, I think that we can have some freedom to 
you know, go buy the ve the vehicle that you want to buy as long as it's not for the wrong reasons. Buy what buy the vehicle that you want to buy, buy the house you want to buy, get the job you want to get. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray about those things, but also you can relax and realize God isn't going to be up there shaking a big finger at you and raining down wrath on you because you bought a Ford rather than a Dodge or whatever it might be. Uh, obviously, there's a point of living within your means and budgeting and those types of things. But I think that sometimes we overthink this as Christians and we become foolish um, in the meantime. And sometimes if we would just uh, focus on serving God, then some of these other decisions aren't as big a, a big a decision as what we make them into. We, we make it into a big deal and we get distracted from serving God. So hopefully um, I'll take my own advice with this. Um, but that's that's my that's my perspective perspective on it so all right caleb well we appreciate you being with us tonight and uh hopefully uh, you'll be able to thaw out some pipes down there in the freezing arctic tundra of west texas and uh or sorry east central. texas central oh yeah central you're in texas. central now yeah okay we're in the middle we're in the middle there you the go <clears throat> and uh we'll see you back next sunday uh same time and uh, everybody have a good night. Get in your Bible and uh, read it and find out what God's will is. Don't take our word for it. Okay, Amen. we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. All right, bye.